0: to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. Today our study is in the book of 1 Chronicles, chapter 13. Here's Pastor Ryan. Father, we
1: thank you again for your goodness in our life. You are the one true living God. There are no other gods but you. You made the heavens and the earth, the mountains that we get to look at here in the pass area, Lord, uh, the beautiful blue skies, Lord, and, and Lord, all the living creatures. You made us all, and we look to you expectant, Lord, that you would speak to us as we seek your face. For you promise, Lord, that if we draw near to you, that you will draw near to us And Lord, we just pray. Minister to our hearts. You know where each and every one of us are at tonight. Or those listening or watching, you know where we're at. You know our needs. And we pray, Father, that you would meet our needs as we study your word. Give us humble hearts. Help us not to resist the Holy Spirit. But embrace the things that you would say to us. May it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray, and together we say, Amen. So as we've been studying uh, the First Chronicles, it's all about, you know, King David's kingdom being established from the by the Lord. The kingdom, as you know, was taken away from the first king of Israel, Saul, because Saul had rejected the word of the Lord. And so God, who's the God of the fatherless, God who's the God of the outcasts and the The underdog, he found David, a shepherd boy, and raised him up to be king of his people, Israel. And in our story, God has brought mighty warriors, mighty men, representing all the 12 tribes of Israel. They came to David at Hebron, and they came with a loyal heart, saying to David, We are yours. Oh, David, we are on the side of the son of Jesse. And peace to your helpers, for your God helps you. They acknowledged, they saw, they recognized that God was with King David. God had given them those loyal hearts to support him in taking the kingdom and giving it to David. And at Hebron, they threw a a huge feast. They basically celebrated together, rejoicing. They were of one mind rejoicing because they recognized that God had given them a king who was after God's own heart, which is a beautiful thing to see God's people rejoicing that's a big thing to celebrate right when you realize that there is a man of God leading and so they recognized that and they celebrated what God was doing and then in verse 1 of chapter 13 we read then David consulted with the captains of the thousands and hundreds and with every leader and David said to all the assembly of Israel if it seems good to you And if it is of the Lord, our God, let us send out to our brethren everywhere who are left in all the land of Israel and with them to the priests and the Levites who are in their cities and their common lands that they may gather together to us and let us bring the ark of God back to us. For we have not inquired at it since the days of Saul, then all the assembly said that they would do so, for the thing was right in the eyes of all the people. And so, David here calls all the captains, all the leaders together, and shares with them that it's his desire to bring the ark of the covenant, the ark of God, to Jerusalem. And so, blesses me that he seeks. The opinion of the leaders of the tribes. It blesses me. There's a reminder in that, that as Christians in our journey with Christ as we walk, that we make sure to surround ourselves with godly people who have a heart for God, an understanding of God's scripture, and so that in life we can go to them for the hard things in our life, to be able to share with them and see if they may not seek the Lord on our behalf, to see if they may not give us good counsel. And so it's a really good thing to keep that in mind. That fellowship and going to church, it's its its there to build relationships with one another so that we can hopefully gravitate to to those who can help us in our journey. I know I have throughout the years. I have great men of God that are Supportive of me behind me, my pastor, uh, Pastor Jimmy Orate from Calvary Chapel, Rancho Cucamonga, Pastor Andre, and a lot of the brothers and sisters here. I love to get feedback from them. And the Bible says to wage war with wise counsel, and it is wise counsel. It's not just anybody who goes to church, but someone that God has shown you is wise in the Lord. Those are the ones to go to, because if you go to the wrong person who's not really walking closely with the Lord then you're not going to receive real real godly counsel amen but he does this and he says if it seems good to you and if it seems good to the Lord let us bring the ark of the covenant back to us and it's a blessing that the first thing that he wants to take care of is the spiritual well-being of Israel right? He becomes king. All of these mighty men have gathered around him, but he knows within his heart that he is going to need the Lord to do the job. And in the same way for all of us, it's good to understand that whatever God has called you and I too, we're going to need the Lord in order to be successful in our families, right? In our marriages, with our children, in our careers, in this world, and how things are going so crazy today, we really need to understand that we should put the Lord first as David did here. And I love that. As king, this is most important for the country, for the nation, for Israel, that we bring the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem, symbolic of God's presence. We need God's presence first. And so we need that reminder tonight, To put God first in our families, to put God first in our marriages, with our kids, as I just mentioned, in our days, in our thought life, when we wake up, when we go to bed, in the afternoon, to put the priority upon the Lord. So oftentimes we're guilty of starting our days going to the news, going to our phones going to you know focusing on the things that we have to accomplish that day rather than saying good morning to the Lord and thanking Him for the new day but biblically Jesus told us that the best thing the best priority for us is to put spiritual matters before the physical matters, right? Before food, before our breakfast, before even taking care of ourselves. It's just to seek the Lord spiritually before we even take care of ourselves physically. I've learned that when we don't do that, when I don't do it, my thoughts can take me, the day can take me, the enemy can mess with me. It's so important to seek God first. Turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew 6, please, beginning with verse 30. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, and yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? After all these things the Gentiles seek, the non-believers, they seek after those things— what they're going to eat, what they're going to drink. For your Heavenly Father knows that you need all these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own troubles. And so the Lord teaches us that the spiritual things are greater and must take priority. It's amazing how many problems... We've solved along the way by seeking the Lord first. And how many problems we probably avoided. It's been 22 years I've been walking with the Lord. And every time I've sought Him first, He has found a way to to make my day work out for the betterment of myself and His kingdom. He finds a way. And those days when I haven't sought Him first, when I just rushed into my work or rushed into my breakfast or rushed into other things you know, the enemy just throws a wrench in my day. So seek the Lord early. David in the psalm spoke many times concerning seeking the Lord and seeking him, him early. In Psalm 63 verse 1, he says, Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. In Psalm 5, he says, For to you I will pray, my voice you shall hear in the morning. O oh Lord, in the morning I will direct it to you and I will look up. And so it's a beautiful thing. I have a balcony in our bedroom. We have an outdoor upstairs, a balcony, where you know my wife and I are able to go out there and just look at the hills, look at the sky. And whenever you know I can't sleep or I feel just the need... Uh, that God's calling me to pray, that's where I go. And in the mornings, that's where I go as well. And God blesses our day. Seek him early. David put him first for the kingdom. That's a beautiful thing. So back to our text. So David gathered all Israel together from Sheher in Egypt to as far as the entrance of Hamath to bring the ark of God from Kirjath-Jerim And David and all Israel went up to Baalah, to Kerjath Jerim, which belonged to Judah, to bring up from there the ark of God the Lord, who dwells between the cherubim, where his name is proclaimed. So here's the ark. It's been missing for some time. It's at a place called Kerjath Jerim, which is 15 miles west of Jerusalem. It's not far. But it's been there for about 100 years. The ark and its story is a beautiful one. And it's a beautiful one and a special one because it represents the presence of God. Okay, so as Israel journeyed throughout the wilderness, the ark was in the tabernacle and it spoke of the very presence of the Lord. The ark is first mentioned in Exodus 25 during Moses' time. And it was a box made out of acacia wood, two and a half cubits um, long, a cubit and a half wide, and a cubit and a half tall. And it was overlaid inside and out with gold. And above this box was the mercy seat. And the mercy seat was also made out of solid gold, just or overlaid with gold. And it was made with the two cherubim, that faced each other and their wings touched. And that sat, the mercy seat, sat on top of the Ark of the Covenant. And like I said, it it signified God's presence. And God said in Exodus 25 that it was from that place that he would speak to his people Israel, the mercy seat. Not only did it speak of his presence, but it spoke of Jesus Christ and the sacrifice that he would make for our sins on the cross. As you know, for you Bible students, once a year, the high priest would take blood from an animal sacrifice. And he would go into the Holy of Holies to this mercy seat, to the Ark of the Covenant. And he would take some of that blood from the unblemished animal. And he would sprinkle it on behalf of the people's sins upon the mercy seat. And God would cover their sins because of that sacrifice because of that blood which was a shadow which was a a foretelling of what the son of god would one day come and shed his blood on the cross for our sins right so the ark of the covenant was a very special thing and it's been in this place for a hundred years back in first samuel chapter four israel was in big trouble because of their sins and the Lord was allowing them to lose in their battles towards the Philistines because they were worshiping idols and the judge at the time was was Eli and Eli had not restrained his two wicked sons his sons were wicked and this was a judge of Israel and he didn't check his two sons in first Samuel chapter 4 they went out to battle the Philistines one day And the Philistines destroyed them, killed 4,000 Israelites. And they asked, why has the Lord allowed this? Why has the Lord defeated us? And they thought to themselves, this is why, or this is what we can do. Why don't we bring the ark down from Shiloh, and the next time we fight the Philistines, we'll take the ark with us, and God will defeat our enemies. So you know the story, they do that and the next time they went to battle against the Philistines the Israelites were so excited that they had the ark they were so assured that God would give them the victory because they had the ark of the covenant with them that they shouted really loud and the Philistines began to panic and then once they heard that the ark was there the Philistines feared even more they were panicking but they rallied together rather than run away. The Philistines rallied. And some of the coolest verses about men being men comes from the enemies of the Lord. They said, be strong and conduct yourselves like men. In other words, they said to one another, let's act like men, conduct yourselves like men, you Philistines, that you do not become servants of the Hebrews as they have been to you. Conduct yourselves like men Men and fight. Men ought to fight, right? Christian men ought to fight to defend them, their families. It's a good thing. So instead of God giving the Israelites the victory because they had the ark, 30,000 Israelites were killed that day. God gave the victory to the Philistines. Which reminds us that... Just because one has a holy item, and there are many holy items out there, right? People have uh, necklaces that are crosses, earrings that are crosses, Bibles in their homes, crosses on their cars. And I came, you know, from a semi-religious background. My, friend, my grandmother, you know, used to take me to, to Mass. There's a lot of religious items and it's not religious items that saves a person what saves a person is their faith in the son of god in jesus christ that is what saves a person not art not religious items and many deceive themselves because they think that because they have a cross or they go to church a couple times a year or or they say to themselves i believe in god but they don't follow him And it's obedience that God blesses. It's obedience that God delivers us from our enemies. Not just things that we convince ourselves that we're right with them. They asked Jesus Christ, what works must we do to do the work of God? And he said, to believe on him whom he sent. So with God, he sees us as those who believe in him and those who do not. And I remember having crosses and necklaces in my car. I lived like the world. I did I lived in sin. And how many people out there are living in sin but yet they they think they went to church, you know, years ago. Or they were baptized as kids. Some even baptized as adults, but there's no fruit of change. The Lord says that we, if we abide in his word, we are his disciples indeed. He will know us by our fruit. We will know each other by our fruit. Christians who have been born again, you know, we sin, but we don't practice sin. And so what God is looking at with the Israelites and the ark was, you can take the ark into battle with you, but because they were in rebellion and unrepentant, he let them perish. And so that's a reminder But also what happened in that story was they they fled, they left the Ark there. The Philistines took the Ark back to their land and actually put it in their pagan temple of Dagon. So they put the Ark of the Covenant next to Dagon and the next day their statue of Dagon had fallen face first with its arms and legs broken, but it was actually bowed down before the Ark. And then there was a, God struck the men of the Philistines with boils all over their body. It was devastating. And they tried to move the ark from here to there. And everywhere they went, God struck the men with terrible boils. So much so that the priests got together of the Philistines and they said, you know, the Israelites, they do sin offerings. So they did their own sin offering because they f- figured that's the way to make God not angry with them. And, and they did a sin offering. They made these golden uh, rats and they made golden tumors to represent the tumors. And they put it on the, in a chest on a cart next to the ark and they got two milk cows and they strapped the cows to it and the cows went off. And they said, let's see if it goes back towards Israel. If it does, and we'll know that these tumors are because we had their ark. Sure enough, where do you think the, ark, the, the cows went? They went towards Israel. They were farming out at a place called Beth Shemesh. And when the Israelites saw the ark, they rejoiced. It's the ark coming solo with two cows pulling it. The presence of God is coming. The men there. They took a peek inside the ark. Mind you, the ark was held in the tabernacle. Nobody saw it but the high priest once a year. And now they presume to look in it. The Lord killed 50,070. Isn't that crazy? So there's, and then from there, they took it to where the ark is now. Like they called Abinadab and they consecrated his son. They took it. And they brought it to where we're at today, at Kerjah, Jerim. That's how it got there. And it sat there, guys, since even before Saul was king. It sat there. So there's that reminder of, of God is holy. God is reverent. We, often, we, can, we can lose sight of that. We really can. God is loving and gracious and kind. He's the God of the fatherless, God of the widow, God of the outcasts. But we ought to remember that he's holy as well. That the things of God must be handled with with respect and with honor. And we'll get more into that. Verse 7 we read, So they carried the ark of God on a new cart from the house of Abinadab, and Uzzah and Ahio drove the cart. Then David and all Israel played music before God with all their might, with singing on harps, on stringed instruments, and on tambourines and cymbals, and with trumpets. And when they came to Chidon's threshing floor, Uzzah put out his hand to hold the ark, for the oxen stumbled. Then the anger of the Lord was aroused against Uzzah and he struck him because he put his hand to the ark and he died there before God. Isn't that crazy? So, here they are. They show up there. David has a new cart built for the ark to be transferred. And then you have Uzzah here and Ahio. They're the ones driving this cart. And then, they came to a place where it was bumpy, and it looked like the ark was going to fall. And Uzzah goes out to, to stop the ark from falling, and he struck down and killed. Now, like I said, God is, is holy, and, and the Bible says that blessed are those who fear the Lord, who have this honor for him, this respect for him. Was it a good thing for David to want the ark with them in Jerusalem? Absolutely. Was it a good thing for, for, for David to think of the spiritual well-being of the country first? Absolutely. But the, the problem is, is that when David went down there to get the ark with all of these mighty men, and they were praising the Lord and celebrating with instruments, and it looked awesome, it looked like this was a, a celebration, they had forgotten one thing. God's word had clearly prescribed the way the ark was to be transferred and carried. And it wasn't to be placed on a cart. In Exodus 25, it says that on the ark, there were these golden rings
0: that were on on the four corners. Golden rings. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 10 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicolette Street in Banning,